I don't give a where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, episode 11. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. We'll bring in the director of scouting for TSN in just a few minutes, but first... We need to tell you what's going on with the program today. Top Shelf Talent will feature Marco Rossi. On the next wave, it's Zeon Nybeck and Cross Hannes. And in Time Machine, we'll be featuring uh, Brennan Brisson for 2020 and Zachary Leheru for 2021. And speaking of Brennan Brisson, he attended Shattuck St. Mary's. And that's our trivia question. Name the two former Shattuck St. Mary's Huskies, I believe they're called, uh, hockey players who went third overall in the NHL draft. Of course, the highest drafted players, uh, Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon. But two St. Mary's players, uh, Shattuck St. Mary's players, went third overall in the NHL draft. Without looking up, try to guess who they are. Our Twitter poll question today uh, is about uh, one of our uh, players we'll be discussing today and one we discussed Last week, you're picking early in the 2020 draft. You have the choice of two Ottawa 67 players, Jack Quinn, Marco Rossi. Who do you take? Rossi right now with 60% of the vote. Uh, you can have your say at Duck Millard on Twitter. And Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Check them out at www.uffsports.com. There are some franchises available, but you can become a scout in this fantasy hockey platform and track the same guys that Craig Button does. In this format, you own the game, so get in the game. It is the most realistic, high-stakes fantasy hockey platform, and they're branching out very soon into MMA, and then the sky's the limit from there so uh, join up get more information www.uffsports.com so we told you a little while back that Renee Fassell said the world juniors will not have fans it was officially announced uh, in our area the Edmonton area where the tournament was supposed to be held next year that the world junior 2021 event will be held in the Edmonton bubble um, 2022 will be in Edmonton and Red Deer hopefully with fans so it's great for people in our area where i live because we basically you know you can get in and get a press pass you can get uh, two straight years of world junior action awesome so this is from darren drager about kind of the plan going forward the world junior travel plan uh will see three charter delivery countries from europe into Edmonton beginning in the second week of Edmonton. Intensive testing before those flights will be mandatory, followed by strict protocol daily testing upon arrival in the hub. I, I just, you know, I fear that um, people are going to get sick uh, and on the worse end, die. Um, on the, the not-so-bad end, it could cost somebody their tournament, which is a lot... Um, not nearly as big a deal, rather, as uh, when you consider the death. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all works uh, when you're bringing in so many players from so many different countries, particularly the U.S. Uh, all right, speaking of Europe, Connor Bedard is heading to Europe to train until the uh, WHL season starts. He's going to practice with H. 
V71. Uh, he received the exceptional player status in the Western Hockey League, the first player to do that, and he was taken first overall by the Regina Pats, and uh, everybody's on board with this because it doesn't sound like the Pats or the WHL are going to be getting until uh, December. And uh, Yaroslav Askarov made 33 saves today in the KHL, posting his first career shutout for SKA St. Petersburg. Two games, he has a .58 goals against average and a 979 save percentage. I will be shocked if this guy uh, slips out of the top 10. I know Craig Button's a big fan, and we're going to talk about some other players that Craig is uh, big fans of as well right now. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Alrighty, so we're going to be talking about uh, a really impressive uh, player in top shelf talent this week. So uh, let me give you the player vitals. Marco Rossi on the backhand. Marco Rossi watches it. Talk about your highlight reel. Marco Rossi is a center with the Ottawa 67s. He's uh, from uh, Feldrich, Austria. Five foot nine, 176 pounds. 56 games with Ottawa. 38 goals, 81 assists for 100. 39 goals, rather, 81 assists for 120 points. He's ranked eighth on the Craig's list. Zeon Nybeck in the next wave, left winger and a right winger with HV71. He is with Alvesta, or he's from Alvesta, Sweden, rather. He's five foot eight, 172 pounds. 42 games had 27 goals, 39 assists for 66 points in the uh, Super Elite Junior League, and he is ranked 52nd on the Craigslist. Break it out on the left side. Greases ahead, breakaway. Hannes coming in. Hannes scores! That'll do it! Cross, Hannes, the overtime winner! Cross Hannes is a left winger from Portland. He was uh, born in Highland Village, Texas. 6'1", 165 pounds. He played 60 games, had 22 goals, 27 assists for 49 points, and he is ranked 73rd on the Craig's list. Takes a shot, score! The hat trick for Brendan Brisson. His first career in the United States Hockey League off a one-timer. And in Time Machine, your hint is he is the son of a super agent. Let's get to it. Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. McKinnon goes down on the shot. Craig, we usually start with top shelf talent and looking forward to the 2020 NHL draft. Today, we're talking about a top shelf talent of a different kind, a young man uh, named Yannick uh, Duplessis. And it was a great story told by Craig Eagles and the story of him uh, coming to terms with his sexuality, uh, coming forward with it. And whether this young man ever goes on to anything in hockey, for me, he has already done so much for future Hockey players, non-hockey players, anybody that gets some courage from what this young man did. 
Yeah, no question about it, Dean. And you think about uh, teenagers and, and, and they're trying to find themselves and understand who they are and where they fit in and whatnot. And for Yannick uh, to be able to say, this is who I am and this is what I want to do and pursue. I mean, it, it's terrific. And uh, regardless of what your sexuality is or what your race is or what your nationality is. I mean, the goals that Yannick wants to achieve are, are real and significant and there shouldn't be barriers to that. And, uh, you know, I thought Brian Burke on the National Hockey League broadcast uh, the other night, you know, spoke so well about it. And he said, it's wonderful what Yannick's doing. It's important what Yannick's doing. But now, and, and, and this is really, really important. It's important for everybody. It's important for his teammates, for his organization, for the community in Drummondville to make sure that they are aware. And, you know, we use the word allyship, you know, in, in, with respect to what's happening with the racial injustice and Black Lives Matter. And, and allyship right now here is, is just as important for Yannick Duplessis as he pursues his real significant goals of, of being a National Hockey League player or trying to advance as far as he can. So, uh, you know, but it's going to require everybody to do their part to make sure that he is comfortable pursuing his goals and that any type of uh, interference or pushback with, res with respect to, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, his, his sexuality is met with 100% with, with resistance because that's how we continuously move forward. And for, and for Yannick, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's an important step for him, but now everybody around him has to take those steps as well to make sure that we can make, uh, make it safe and comfortable for other people to be who they are as they pursue their significant goals. And, and I think it's a really important time for parents and, and hockey yeah. coaches oh, yeah. to have conversations with their kids and their teams and say, this is not acceptable talk in the locker room because as Yannick said in his story, you have no idea, not, not just about sexuality, you have no idea about what else somebody is going through. So we have to think, Let's maybe what I'm saying is affecting somebody in a way I don't know negatively. So we, it's a really important time to have conversations with people in our lives about this. No question about it, Dean. And yeah, I, I, again, we use, you know, support, allyship. You know, there's a lot of different uh, words you can use with respect to that. But, but educating uh, is really important. And, and to understand, hey, you know, Yannick out on the ice is no different than any other player. He, he, he has... Uh, skills, he has talents, and he has determination and desire. And, you know, regardless of of where he finds himself uh, with respect to his sexuality, the bottom line is we have to be able to make sure that not only is he comfortable pursuing those, but the environment is safe for him to pursue those and for other players. Because it's really important to, to not only uh, have that uh, in our world and in our in, in our environments, but to be able to embrace it and to encourage people that they can do the similar type things as Yannick is trying to do. Well said. So let's get now our top shelf talent this week, Marco Rossi, a centerman with Ottawa, ranked eighth on the Craigslist. We featured his teammate Jack Quinn last week. Most of these players at the top end draft, Craig, they're all great players, but what is it for you that sets Rossi apart from maybe some of the others? Well, I mean, he, he, number one, he's a centerman, but he's an elite playmaking centerman. And I've compared him to Nicholas Backstrom, the superb center with the Washington Capitals. And, you know, you have to be able to operate in small and tight spaces with not a lot of time to make those plays. And, you know, Marco Rossi does exactly that. And, you know, the ability to, to make those plays that, you know, can find a teammate in, in, in an optimal spot that can keep defenders at bay. Because, you know, Marco is like a, he, he's a playmaker, but, but he'll be able to score goals. You know, he's not going to be a Jack Quinn type goal scorer, but he's going to be a real impactful offensive player. The brain is really, really, really good his 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 vision and awareness is, is superb and the other thing that i love about marco and and you hear this lots about players oh he's only five nine oh he's only this or he's only, like if you go and watch the game I, I there's a few things that i will point out about marco the nhl 
you better be able to play in tight spaces and you better be able to play with opponents on your hip on like trying to check you. Marco Rossi is incredibly comfortable playing in tight spaces with opponents on his hip because it's great to be able to operate in open ice and, and, and with lots of time and lots of room, but you got to be able to do it, you know, in, in the, in where space is constricted. He does that exceptionally well. Number two, you can't push him off the puck. His, his leverage uh, when he has the puck, his, his ability to keep his direction going as opponents are trying to push him out of those danger areas, he, he's superb. And so height has nothing to do with that. I, I see tall players that can't do what Marco Rossi does. And just because you don't have a certain height doesn't mean you can't do it. He, he can do it. Third thing, he's ready to contribute at the National Hockey League level. This is not a player that, that, that you put a jersey on and say he's a high draft pick. We'll play him in there. We'll him. He, to me, he's ready to contribute. That's significant for Marco. That's uh, that's that's a very impressive statement that he's ready to go. And, you know, 39 goals. And and when I when I see him, some highlights, he seems to be able to, you know, get rid of the puck quickly at times. And then as a playmaker, it's kind of the opposite, where I see so much patience where he wants to make the right play, has that soft touch, especially on those down low cross crease saucer passes that he really does make look very easy. And those are not easy. And I, I don't think I would be recommending to every player try them because if, it, if you get it wrong, it looks bad. He very rarely gets it wrong in the playmaking area. Yeah, well, you, I, I use the term threading the needle and, and Dean – you know, the National Hockey League players are, they have their sticks in the way. They're, they're able to block passes and intercept passes. And, you know, you have to be able to make those plays under sticks, through skates. That's the thread in the needle part. But another aspect of Marco's game he, is he's got fantastic deception. So he, he makes you think about one option, but he knows he's got multiple options. So where he's opening up those plays that you talk about, it's because a defender now has to, oh, he might be able to take a step here and shoot it. Oh, he, he knows that there's another player here. I better be careful that I don't give him too much room there or the puck's going there. So because of his uh, uh, outstanding awareness in, in sizing up what the play is and what the challenges are, but most importantly where the opportunities are, it also makes defenders very, very uh, leery, and 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 it, and it makes them, it just pushes them back just a little bit because he can make so many of those different types of plays. And you know, Marco, when I say contributing, like he's ready to contribute in the NHL, he is because of those elements. Well, and you know, we we talked about Jack Quinn last week, fifty-two goals, and you know, probably I don't know if they played together all the time, but. You know, Rossi as a, a playmaker is exceptional. 120 points this year led the entire CHL, 81 assists. But as I mentioned, he does have 39 goals. So in a way, his deception can back off defenders, but they have to play him so honestly because he had almost 40 goals. Do you think he is as good a goal scorer as those totals suggest? Yeah, but 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 I don't think that's the hallmark of his game. Right. I think the hallmark of his game is I mean he's a he he he's two to one assist to goals. I mean that's yeah. the, that, that's what he is. So, you know, that that pushes him in, but he, he can make you pay by scoring goals. And and again, as you point out, that's what opens up so many of his other opportunities. And you know, the other thing about him too being able to operate in, in tight spaces is that he, he he's able to draw opponents to him. So, you know, he pulls a defenseman up a little bit high and now a, a forward might have to come in there and check him for somebody open. And, and that's what it is so good about his game is, is that he, he, he's playing this game of chess out on the ice when he has the puck because, you know, he knows, he knows what he wants his next move to be, but it's not one move. He's going to wait to see what you do before he decides what his next move is. But once he knows what that next move is and where he can take advantage, quick strike. Okay, how about his hockey IQ in the defensive zone? Uh, what kind of a player is he in that area? How does that help his game? Well, let me share a story with you uh, on the great Al Arbor, who okay. was coaching the New York Islanders. So uh, growing up, uh, Mike Bossy, the Bossy family, Mike's brother, 
Pat coached me in minor hockey. And so, you know, watching Mike and watching him grow up. And my dad was with, was, was with Central Scouting in the 1977 draft. Now, they came up to their pick, the Islanders. You know, I mean, this is a prolific goal scorer. So they, they come up to the draft and, you know, Bill Torrey had gone to my father and he'd asked me, is there anything wrong with Mike Boss? He goes, no, there's nothing wrong with Mike Bossy. But keep in mind, the Montreal Canadiens had passed on him. They took mm. Mark Napier and they passed on Mike Bossy in their own backyard. So that creates some, uh, a little bit of, oh boy, are we missing something? So Bill Torrey went to my father and he said, my dad said, absolutely not. I mean, he knew the Bossies exceptionally well. He, he knew Mike and he said, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Don't even, don't even think twice. Bill went to Al. He said, well, we're having a debate about these two players. One is a big strapping winger, might score 20 goals, but he's rugged and you know what, like, in, you know, we type of player that we've had some success with. The other guy is a, is a goal scorer. His defense isn't that great. Al Arbor said to Bill, give me the goal scorer. I can yeah. teach you how to play defense. Yeah. It, I don't it, worry it, about his defense is what I'm saying, Dean. Right. But I, well, hockey I, well, sense is exceptional. Yeah, he understands how to play the game. And I've always been a huge believer that good offensive players, if they want to be good defensive players, are more than capable. Because they already are in the mind of the offensive players. Yes. And to me, Marco Rossi is an excellent defensive player. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Because I've heard very high hockey IQ. And and hockey IQ, you can under, if you're smart enough in the game, you can understand. Like it's how many times do we see uh, a, a, a defensive player end up coaching offense in, in football? If you understand the game, it doesn't matter what part. You can learn about the rest. And, and that's where I've heard this guy is so smart that, you know, if his defensive game wasn't the greatest, he's teachable, it seems like. No question. But, you know, I, I say this all the time, Dean. Like, everybody wants to look at a player for what he doesn't do. You're not drafting a player for what he doesn't do. You need to understand what you need to develop, but you're drafting mm. a player for what he does. Mike Bossy was a great goal scorer. Like, and, and people are going to, well, he, he doesn't play defense. Oh, really? Well, it's, I heard this about Kale McCarr in his draft year, you know, while his defense. Well, how would anybody know how good his defense was? Because he had the puck all the time he was on the ice. And people want to talk about his defense? It was a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, we, we've talked about different players and, uh, you know, some guys have the drive and they don't maybe have the skill. Some other guys have the skill and the drive. What's the drive like with, uh, with Marco Rossi? Is he a guy that the, his motor's always running, dog on a bone kind of thing? I can only tell you this. Try pushing him out of a game. You know, yeah. everybody's motor's different. I, I, I follow the, uh, uh, the phrase, still waters run deep. Joe Sackett, did you ever see any outward? Yeah, try pushing him out of a game. You want to try to push him out of a game? Good luck. Yeah. Marco yeah. Rossi, try pushing him out of a game. Good luck. You're just wasting your time. Yeah, you want a guy that you know is, uh, you know, whatever. It, 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 the main thing is that the guy is in the game. And uh, if, if is, is that not half the battle? You can have all the skill and you want. We talked about a guy last week in in, uh, in Gundler that doesn't matter how good you are if you don't show up every few games. And it sounds like Marco Rossi is a guy that shows up. Every game, every situation, doesn't matter who the opponent is, doesn't matter where you're playing, Marco Rossi's in the middle of it. He, he's, a, he's an excellent player. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Conn Smythe Trophy. Superstars. Puck up three, score! Between Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky scores! Becky got it high! All right, let's get now to the next wave. And we're starting with uh, uh, Zeon Nybeck, a left winger and a right winger. Uh, played with uh, HV71 in Sweden, and he's ranked 52 on the Craigslist. Now, he spent the majority of the time last year in the Swedish Junior League. I uh, did get some time in the SHL. What can you tell me about the competition he faced last year as he had 1.6 points per game? 
Well, the junior league in Sweden is a very good junior league. It's it's got lots of skill. It's got lots of pace in the league. So that's a very good league. But I mean, Zion is is a very good skater. He's he's quick and he's fast, and and those two things are different. You know, you can be fast when you need to be fast, but you also need to be quick to to, to see an opportunity and to operate and to shake a defender. And, and and Zion, you know, he's got great confidence with the puck. He's got confidence offensively, and and that's what his game is. You know, you you look back at a, at, at different players that that have emerged, like you know. I think the easy player to say he would be like is like Jesper Bratt of, of the New Jersey Devils because Jesper isn't the biggest of players, but he's fast and he's in the fight and he's in the battle. And and I think the same thing with Nyback is that you're looking at a player that's going to need some physical maturity, obviously. But once that happens, he's got some elements in his game that are really, really, really intriguing. And, you know, scoring is not easy to do at any level. Because if it was, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just mentioned about his points per game. Pretty bloody impressive is what I would say. Yeah, no doubt. And and he seems to be, I, I wasn't able to see a whole lot of video, but from what I did, he seems to be nimble and agile. Changes speed, directions, backs defenders off. Where, among his own skill set, where would you rank skating? Is it like the best skill that he has or is it, you know, where is the skating among his own skill set? Because he seems to get around the ice pretty, uh, it's pretty fun to watch him get around the ice. Actually. Yeah, he, yeah. well, and I think that's a good, he, he's a very good skater and, and his game is predicated on skating. You, when I use the term, uh, when I say there's a difference between being fast and quick, you have to be fast to back off defenders. You have to be quick to, to recognize those situations. And, and quickness helps you more in tight areas. Speed helps you more in terms of creating uh, distance and creating space for yourself. When I say distance, distance between your opponents. But he threatens. He threatens with his speed. And and because he's quick to recognize that and he, and, and he can get to those spots, you have to... You have to be able to understand when he's on the ice how he can beat you. But he plays the game with his speed. He plays the game with respect to how he's going to move forward uh, offensively. And, and he's going to attack. That That's what he does. And obviously, you mentioned it before, he's going to get bigger, and that's that only takes time. Uh, you know, There's no miracle cure to all of a sudden uh, be two inches and uh, 20 pounds heavier. So he's going to work on that in time. He'll probably try to add as much bulk to his frame as, as, as he can handle. But as for the rest of the areas of his game, because that's something that he can work on off the ice, what are the things on the ice that you think he needs to improve on, um, you know, to, to develop or, you know, to uh, – uh, just to to become a better player. I'm a big believer is that, you know, you, number one, play to your strengths. Don't play the game on the, on the opponent's terms. Like, he's not going to be a player that's going to go and run over anybody. So just go and play the game it, the way you need to play the game that, you know, use your speed, use your quickness, be good around the net, get open at the right time. It's like, if, if you're going to ask any player, and I'll use Zeon here as an example, if you're going to ask him to go and crash and bang on the boards and do those things, you're always going to be disappointed. But when you watch how he plays and you watch how he attacks and you watch how he plays offensively, keep encouraging him to do that. I told a young player, I'll share this with you. A, a, a former, He was a first-round draft pick in, in the NHL draft a few years back, and he was a very, very good offensive player. And uh, he he, uh, scored. He wasn't a big guy. And he asked me, he was going to his first NHL training camp. So I was sitting with his his father and him one day. And I said, okay, you're going to your first training camp. Here's the three things you need to do to make sure that you emphasize as you go to your first training camp. I said, number one, when you're coming down the wing, he was a right wing left shot. I said, when you're coming down the wing, don't miss the net far wide. Because I said, That means that the other team can transition quickly. That doesn't play to your strength. Number two, when you're coming down and you want to make a play through the middle of the ice laterally, you better wire that puck. You better not float it across because if you float it across, it's too easily intercepted. Guess what? Transition the other way. Number three, when you're below the goal line in the offensive zone, 
Do not be flipping the puck out into the into the slot area on hope plays, what I call starting the other team's breakout. Because guess what? They're going the other way. I said, your game is offense. If you're not good in those three areas and you're costing your team in those three areas, I don't care where you stand on the defensive zone. You're never going to see the ice. So you better be good in your strengths. And, you know, the, the player was said to me, he goes, oh, wow, I never thought about that. I said, well, what is, what's, this, what, what's your calling card? It's offense. You're going to have the puck. Don't shoot it wide. So you asked me about Zion Nyback, play to your strengths. Skate. Put the puck on the net. Don't make, don't make soft plays into the middle of the ice. And when you have it in the offensive zone, hold it. Be strong with it. You watch players like Jake Gensel. They're not the biggest players. They don't create, they don't create challenges for themselves that put the other team in an advantageous position. Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Scouting is a huge part of uh, the ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform and the lifeblood of uh, the UFHL. Any free agent goes through a scout so you can get in the game where you own the game and start putting your scouting talent to good use. Check it out at www.uffsports.com. And Craig, you're obviously a part of High Level Scouting, which is affiliated with Duckman's Domination, my team. And, and you know, with in the, on the scouting end, you guys are stockpiling 2021 picks as far as those that are going to get auctioned off. And on the franchise end, I've been stockpiling 2021 draft picks as well. Um, for, for guys in the UFFS, uh, you know, is the 2020 draft or the 2021 draft, as you look at them at a whole, what draft would you concentrate on if you were stockpiling picks? Okay, so you're trying to stockpile picks. So when you're when you're stockpiling picks, you're, you you want to use those picks to find gems, diamonds in the rough. So the 2020 draft has already been pretty much evaluated deeper down into those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. 2021 draft hasn't been. So you know, I I think both drafts are really good. I think there's more defensemen in the top end of the 2021 draft and more forwards at the top end of the 2020 draft. But if you're trying to find those gems to use those picks on players that can turn out to be really good, try to try to do your homework and try to unearth, do a little digging, do a little mining on the players in the 2021 draft. That's yeah. where you can make hay. Listen, what did uh, what did uh, Sam Pollock always do? He used to trade picks for the future. Do you know why? Because he why? knew what the drafts were going to look like. And then right. everybody goes, how did these guys show up? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you how they showed up. They showed up because he had the picks and he was paying attention to the future. That's where mm-hmm. you find the gems. That's what we're doing. All right, speaking of the future, let's get to Cross Hannes, left winger from Portland, ranked 73rd on the Craigslist. And a, a guy who definitely has the flair for the dramatic, scored 30 in his two years so far with Portland, and a few of them from behind the net in that lacrosse fashion. Do you like the the uh, the creativity, the flair for the dramatic with this player? I don't care how players score. <laughs> like I, I, I like players that score. I guess that's what I would say. And I, I, I think when when you watch a player score, they do it a lot. I mean, Nils Hoglander has scored goals uh, lacrosse style. Andre Svechnikov has scored goals lacrosse style. Just Give me the guys that score. I, I want players that are bold, that have the initiative to score. I don't care how they do it. So the fact that he has some flair, I, I think that's great. I think too much of the time in hockey, Dean, and straightforward here with you, I, I, I think we we, we kind of thumb our noses at players with flair or creativity. And, and I think it's long past due that we move past that idea. You know, the game is exciting. We see some terrific, talented players that try different things. We need to celebrate it. We need to do that more. And if Cross Hannes has some flair in how he scores goals or how he, or how a player celebrates, I got no problem with it. All right, good stuff. Me too. So 22 goals this past year. Uh, from what I saw, he's not afraid to hold on to the puck, maybe try to get a better angle, circle around, or a better opportunity. Now, I saw the successful ones on YouTube. Is that a strength for him, or does it happen a lot of other times without a goal at, at the, the end of the play? Because nobody puts, well, very rarely do they put non-highlights on YouTube, but I saw a few of those. How, how does it happen most of the time? Is that a good part of his game? Well, I, I, I think that, you know, we use the term uh, process, right? 
if if Cross was a better goal scorer, he'd have 40 goals. So I'm going to go back to evaluating what a player is. Are you drafting him because you think he's going to be this prolific goal scorer? I would say no. But the areas of his game, you talk about holding the puck, competing, driving the net. He creates lots of those opportunities. And when you have players that have different styles and different approaches to what you ask them to be strong in, in, in their areas of strength. And, and to me, that's all you're asking. That's what you're drafting cross Hannes for. If, if you, if you're going to draft them and say, Oh, we think we're drafting a 40 goal scorer. I think you're going to be disappointed. But mm-hmm. if you draft him and say, listen, here's what he does really well. Here's where I think he can help our team. Here's where I think he can complement some of our players. Then, then I think you're going to be really happy. And if, if he scored 40 in Portland, I don't think we'd be talking about him in the second or third round. Yeah, he wouldn't be in the next wave. He'd be in uh, the top <laughs> talent exactly. segment. He has a good size as far as his frame. And, and you know, you hope that it fills out over time. I mean, Kyle Turris comes to mind as a guy who seemed like a preteen when he was in junior in the BCHL. So guys do uh, fill out in time. How do you think uh, Cross Hannes will be able to change or, or, or maybe develop his game for the better with that strength and that time? What is Is there something that can add to his game with just muscle mass and strength? Well, I mean, what with physical maturity, I'll, I'll just lump it all under physical maturity, Dean. And what I would say is, yeah, it gives you greater confidence to be able to uh, assert yourself and, and, and not only assert yourself, but also know that, that I can gain an advantage here. But when you're not as strong, you, you're, you're going to put in an effort, but you also realize I might not be able to have as much success. And I think that you know, as, as players physically mature in that regard and you play a certain style, like I think the way Cross plays, it's inherent in how he plays. He, he's going to play, you know, aggressive and forward and on you. So when he gets that physical maturity, it's going to allow him to be that much better. And and, and as he becomes better at it, he's going to gain more confidence with it. And, and that's why I always try to differentiate between what I call developmental weaknesses and inherent weaknesses. What I see in Cross in this area is just straight development. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the Tracking the Draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. Plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. All right, on to Time Machine now. And uh, Brendan Brisson, a centerman with the Chicago Steel, going to Michigan, ranked 22 on the Craig's list. And as we climb into the Time Machine to try to compare him to uh, another player, I- I'm thinking this might be hard for you because his father is like super agent Pat Brisson, the number one agent when it comes to money for his players. So this guy has had a lot of players to probably meet and model his game after. I mean, the amount of guys that he's had access to. Uh, as we climb into the time machine, what do you see with Brendan Brisson? I love him. I love him. I- I- I'm going to save my comparable uh, uh, for a minute here. I've watched Brendan play since he was at Shattuck St. Mary's and I've watched him national team. I've watched him at prep school. I've watched him with the Chicago steel and the USHL. And every single time that I go back to watch Brendan, I see an improved Brendan. I see a player that's taken his game, you know, a little bit further, a little bit deeper is expanded a little bit further. And, and I think that those are really, really significant, uh, uh, markers for improvement and for development. And now you start to think about the type of player he is. And really what I see in Brendan, I mean, he's a high-end competitor, high-end competitor, high-end hockey sense. And the skating is developed. The puck handling is developed. The playmaking is developed. The goal scoring is developed. And every time he's on the ice, he wants to make a difference in the game. And he he's a player that, that, that I that I really feel strongly about that is going to help you win. He's going to help you be on the right side of winning because 
I don't see any area of the game where you can't play them. Penalty killing, power play, matching up against another team's best players, you know, contributing offensively, being a shooter on the power play, being a, a playmaker on the power play. I, I just see this ability for his game to continue to blossom even further. I really do. I, like, I, I, I talk about how every time I went back to watch him, there was more to his game. And, and I, I know that that's going to be the case when I go to watch him again. And that speaks to uh, what I would say is, is, a, is, is a developmental uh, path that's still wide open for him as he continues to grow and mature. Now, when I compare him to a player, and again, I, I, I have Brendan in my, in, my, in my top area of the draft in the top in the first round, no question. But the player I'm going to compare him to didn't go in the first round. And he reminds me a lot of this player. And that is Ryan O'Reilly. Hmm. That's, and, you know, Ryan O'Reilly almost went in the uh, the first round, right? I think it was like the first or the second pick uh, out of it. And, um, you know, just was such that complete player that you just uh, identified uh, with Brendan. And, you know, you talk about him as a goal scorer. He seems to love that one-timer dot uh, on the uh, power play a lot. And he doesn't seem to be afraid to go to the front of the net and either cause havoc or create deflections and screens. So, you know, you, you don't have to worry about this guy uh, shying away from the tough areas, it seems. Nope. Uh, Brendan is is a dialed-in competitor, and he wants to make that difference. And, you know, again, uh, two years ago, year and a half ago, Brendan wasn't – you wouldn't think of Brendan as, as, as the one-time shooter on the power play. But that's, that's an example of how he just continuously, continuously expanded his game, expanded it, expanded it, and, and not just tried it, got really proficient in it. And, you know, the Chicago Steel do an outstanding job of development. Ryan Hardy, the, G, the GM there, puts a, puts a significant emphasis on development, and it's about getting better every day. And we're not going to be worried about results. We're going to be worried about making – allowing you to be the best player you can be in as many areas of the game as you can be. And, and that, and, and for me, that that's what, that's what allowed Brendan to blossom and, and, and to become such a really good player. I, I can't say enough. I mean, I love him. I love him. Well, yeah, you talked about Jerome again, the hitting his spot, working on his shot every day and he scores, you know, that 50th goal and, and hit his spot. And it sounds like Brendan does the same thing. And, and, and as far as development, well, he went to Shattuck's. Well, we know the reputation of how great that school is for developing players. And then you mentioned the Chicago Steel of the USL, USHL. Now he's off to Michigan. So, you know, it's not surprising. They're picking good programs that offer development so he can not be the best 18-year-old, but maybe the best when he gets to the NHL, right? It's all about the long term. And they would have... You know, a great plan for that because Pat Brisson has been involved in so many great players' tracks. Well, I mean, Pat, Pat obviously has has a tremendous track record of, of of working with superstar players, and you know, coming with that is also giving really good guidance and really helping players with advice and direction so that they can make. But Mel Pearson at the University of Michigan is a really good developer of players. And all you got to do is just go back to his record there as a longtime assistant with Red Barons, and now he's the head coach. Like, you know, just go look at what's in there. Just go look at what they've done and look at what they've done over decades. And so he's going there. I talk about Ryan Hardy. We talk about Shattuck St. Mary's. But keep this in mind, Dean, and it's a really important thing to keep in mind. Brendan Brisson is the one putting in the effort. You can put players into a great program. If they don't want to put in the time and the effort and the dedication – I don't care how good a program you're in. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's look ahead at the 2021 draft as we do here in Time Machine. Where are we going on that front today? Well, we're going to the Halifax Mooseheads, who acquired Zachary Leharu. Zachary Leharu was a first-round draft pick, a very good player last year with the Moncton Wildcats. But when Moncton went and made the big trade to acquire players for a Memorial Cup run, uh, you know, part of the deal was is that Zachary Laharu had to go over to the uh, Halifax Mooseheads. What a great move by Cam Russell. Here, here, here's what I can tell you about Zachary Laharu. He scores goals. 
He plays heavy on the boards. He plays heavy in front of the net. He attacks, and he's got an edge to his game. He's edgy, edgy, edgy. And he, he just refuses to be denied. He's one of those players that just says, stop me if you can. And you might stop me this time, and you might stop me the next time, but don't think you're stopping me from trying a third time. And, you know, that old saying, if, you, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Zach LaRue doesn't just try. He does succeed. And the ability to score in and around the net. You, you know, you, you think about players and you think about how they score around the net. Answer me this question for you. Here, here's a little question for you. How many times did you see Corey Perry dangle up the ice or make an end-to-end rush? Yeah, not very many times. Same many, with Dave Truck. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did you see Corey Perry get right in front of that net, get the shot off quick and battle for the puck and find it and score? Yeah, yeah, that's that's his calling card. That's Zachary LaHaru. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> so not a guy who's going to like burn around the defenseman or you know dart in the middle, but a guy who's going to be in front of the net where the puck is, where the action is happening. Always. And, and, and he's going to he, – he'll he's a top – top offensive player. He'll, he'll play with good offensive players because he'll, he'll not only create room for you. He's not just a, he, he, he gets in, he gets in on the boards. He, he separates opponents from the puck and he can make plays. But once he gets in and around that net, that slot area, the high danger area, Zachary LaHaru is one determined player that does not, does not allow himself to be denied. He, he, he's, he's, he's a definite our first round draft pick next year. And I would say because of the uniqueness of his game, first half of the first round. Yeah. I think you have him uh, in your early rankings for 2021 around 11. And and just quickly, let's wrap up. What, what about the move to Halifax? How is this going to, you know, is, is he going to be the, you know, one of the focal points on that team? And, and that obviously benefits him. He was a focal point as a 16 year old in Moncton on a team <laughs> that was pushing for the Memorial cup as a rookie. And, you know, that's how good he is. So Cam Russell, who's the general manager in Halifax, and Bobby Smith, who owns the team. I mean, just go and look at their record of development over the years. They, they put players into positions to uh, develop. They, they give them the resources to be the best players they can be. And, and then they, they push those players. And, and, and their record of success is, is, is tremendous. I mean, there are organizations that you can make a case are as good as Halifax, there's none better. And so for Zachary going there, it's a, it, it's just a tremendous environment for him to continue to expand this game. Awesome stuff, Craig. As usual, uh, have a great weekend. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. Only a few more shows left, so we'll try to squeeze as many people in as we can. But thanks, as always, for the time. Have a great week. You too, Dean. Thank you. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. Always a great chance when I get to chat with Mr. Craig Button. And in the next little while, as we get, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have time to fit it in before the draft, but maybe after the draft, we'll have a special post-draft edition uh, looking ahead to 21, where we'll give you Craig's counsel. And Craig will give you some scouting tips. Uh, This will be especially important for those that are involved in our scouting program with the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Platform or anybody who just, you know, goes to games and has an eye and, you know, wants to know what maybe scouts are looking for. A chance to pick the brain of a a former GM and the current director of scouting for TSN. If you have a specific question, please drop us a line, trackingthedraft at gmail.com, and we will add it to the list of the ones that we already have when we do Craig's counsel. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? 
Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! So we asked you earlier to name the uh, two former Shattuck St. Mary's hockey players who went third overall in the NHL entry draft. Of course, Crosby and Nathan McKinnon went first. Jonathan Taves and Jack Johnson both went third overall. And our uh, Twitter poll question, uh, once again, you can have your say at Duck Millard on Twitter. You have two choice of two Ottawa 67s early in the NHL draft. Who do you take, Jack Quinn or Marco Rossi? Uh, Quinn getting some more votes now. It's uh, only 57 to uh, 40. It's uh, 57-43, uh, 57.1 to 42.9 technically. But it is what it is. So Marco Rossi leading the way and uh, what, you know, the guy who led the entire Canadian Hockey League in scoring with 120 points in 56 games. Uh, pretty hard to, not to go wrong there. And then a guy who had 52 goals. So I don't think you're complaining. Imagine the Ottawa Senators coming out with two Ottawa 67s like that out of the draft. It's a possibility. Uh, it, it could happen. Uh, it might be a little bit high for the uh, Senators to take those two guys, but you never know what happens at an NHL draft. That's going to wrap things up. Big thanks, of course, to the Director of Scouting for TSN, Craig Button, for being so generous with his time and his information. Uh, you can find him, of course, on Twitter at Craig J. Button. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and let us know what you think by leaving us a review. And if you'd like to be a part of the program as an advertiser, please reach out trackingthedraft at gmail.com. Make sure you check out podcastalley.ca for all your podcast needs. It's right by the Hammock District, and I just put up a new episode of Fantasy Fun Time with myself and Jamie Thomas getting you ready for the Thursday nighter and the weekend in the National Football League, as well as some baseball talk and a little bit of hockey. A little bit of everything in that. Uh, we even discussed the NBA as the uh, uh, nitty-gritty gets going in the association. So that's it for me. Have yourself a wonderful week. We will talk to you again next Thursday. I'm Dean Millard. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. <laughs>